Welcome to You Should Watch This Documentary, a podcast about documentaries you should watch, obviously, with your host, Adam Todd Brown, Jess McDonald, and Mon Rock. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Should Watch This Documentary. Whoa, someone was going to try and talk before I was done talking. Not cool. Mon Rock, now you can say something, please. Hello. <laughs> How's everyone doing? These intros are stupid. They are. It's off to a great start. What are you talking yeah. about? Right. Every podcast intro is stupid. I know. Every podcast intro, every list article intro, it's like, it's a list. We saw the title. Shut the fuck up and let's get to Just it. To start the thing, guys. That was one of our... we. When I worked at Cracked, that was our like campaign. Was like, can we just stop writing intros? Just I never read the intros. I need to set this shit up. I mean, mine were really great because I'm awesome, <laughs> but I still don't think anyone ever read them. That's where I embedded the podcast. <laughs> Kooks is here. Good dog. Oh, don't go. Now I'm worried I'm going to roll on him. I'll keep my chair in the same place. Her. 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 Kooks is a her. I know. Everyone calls her a him. Probably because her name's Kooks. <laughs> That's a good boy name. It's short for Kookaburra. Oh. Well, you can't... It's ex- unisex. You can't... Ex- <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> you can't expect me to know that. I'm an ignorant American. No idea. Jess, you're here too. Yeah. Hey. Hi. How's it going? Good. Kooks is wiling out back there. <laughs> I, I like it. I was expecting the Iron Giant to fall on my head. And she I is it. fighting the Iron Giant <laughs> and winning. It's great. So, what are we talking about today? Chuck Norris versus communism. How fun. (laughs) This is a really fun documentary. We like to keep things light. We do, yeah. Nothing but light subject matter on this whole episode. This is a a documentary. It takes place in Romania in the 80s, which this was when Romania was right near near the end of being under Soviet rule. Nikolai Ceausescu was in charge for 20 years, a uh, super oppressive dictator. It was basically a surveillance state. There is a video out there of him taking power, and he gives this crazy speech about how basically everything's going to be controlled by the state now, and that includes TV, and he cuts their TV from 20 hours a day to two hours a day and makes it all like state-sponsored programming and propaganda shit. There's no American movies in Romania, nothing like that. And that's what sets up this documentary, which is, uh, it's called Chuck Norris versus Communism. And basically, it's about a, a team of people in Romania in the 80s who smuggled American movies into Romania, and then one woman would dub the voices for every character, every movie, and this became like Romania's entertain like everything for Romania as far as entertainment travel they couldn't travel like it was everything in the 80s it's actually not about Chuck Norris no it's very little about (laughs) Chuck Norris (laughs) which how cool would that that have been if we found out at the end that's how the Romanian revolution happened I I was under the impression that Chuck Norris went to Romania (laughs) and overthrew this dictator <laughs> that, would, movie. that would have been so great. We could probably write that movie. Did he do that? Wow. 
Chuck Norris is holding it together. We could still cast him in an 80s movie. I'm sure. He'll just be someone's dad. I can't believe there's still one country living this way. Yeah. yeah. United States of America. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> North Korea. And kind of Iran. I don't know. Iran has internet. Yeah, right? Iran has internet. Uh, I mean, Romania does now, but yeah, yeah at this at, at the time, they're yeah, they were kind of what North Korea is now, in that they they aren't really allowed access to the outside world. So, it's like being in prison. Yeah, you just have no identity except for this one country and this one guy. Yeah, living it, in the dark. It was really sad, and it looked re- like everything just looked so grim all the time when they were showing like what it looked like outside when they were doing things. It was just like, oh, yeah. And the crazy part about that is you see, like, there's a scene where a guys like carrying a TV past these like housing projects or this big apartment complex, and for a second you're like, man, Romania was bleak in the '80s, and you're like, oh no, that's now, that's yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is not file footage from the eighties. <laughs> it still looks that way. Yeah, it's a it's a rough looking country. It's very All of Eastern Europe dark. is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Romania, they're doing fine now. They're doing among the the Balkan states or countries in the Balkan region. They're doing better than most, I think. At least markedly better than they were. Yeah, they haven't had any other shit annexed by Russia yet or anything yet. Yet, <laughs> give it time. So yeah, that's what uh, this documentary is about, and it it uh, kind of starts off with basically the invention of VHS tapes, which was a thing that kind of happened in the I don't know when exactly when, they were yeah, invented. I don't know when they came out in America. VHS tapes. Um, I'm old, so we got our first VCR in '85. Okay. And it was around then. And that was back when VCRs were super expensive. My mom was terrible with money. We bought a VCR and then got our electricity cut off that day <laughs> because she did not pay the electric bill, but she did buy a VCR. My dad had to take it to my grandmother's and plug it in to get the movie we were watching out of it so he could go return it. He was not impressed. But that's a different time. That was America in the 80s. <laughs> that was my America. I wasn't here then. No, most people weren't. I was in Australia. That's oh. what I mean by that. Oh, I see. <laughs> I just thought you meant I was way older than you. Yeah. Probably also true. No, probably not. <laughs> so VHS becomes a thing in Romania, and almost immediately watching these contraband American movies becomes a form of protest against the communist, this communist regime, which it was kind of the only way people could protest. They had such a tight lock on everybody. Right, because it's not like they could go out in public and say anything. Right. It definitely had to be underground protests. So this one guy, Zamfir, started importing movies from where? We don't even know. We never find that out. He just does. Yeah. Yeah, and his name's Zamfir. His name's Zamfir. I don't know if he's the same Zamfir that was on all those Masters of the Pan Flute infomercials back in the day. I was Remember trying. Him? I was trying to look him up, and that's all, the only thing that would come up when I searched his last name. So I'm not sure if they're the same person, but I don't think so. I used to love those commercials, <laughs> and you never saw Zamfir in them. Like I always pictured him just being a big, fat, sweaty, nasty. Like the guy who died from overeating in seven, but he's also just beautiful on the flute. <laughs> So he's never in the commercials. So the translator he hires, Arena Nestor, was a translator for 
the government. Right. For the, the government's like uh, censorship and broadcasting wing. She would basically have to sit in while they were watching like American programs and Soviet programs and sit through them cutting things like there's too much food there. Uh, they're going to think people in the West have food. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to they're gonna think it's a land of riches. You have yeah. to cut that. Yeah, cut that. And then they cut, there was a Mickey Mouse cartoon. I believe it was a Russian cartoon. And the balloons were the colors of the Romanian flag. Right. So they were like, cut this. We don't want to make it look like Russia's controlling Romania or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was insane. And that, yeah, that's that, that was Romania at the time, which it could happen. It could happen here. Yeah. I mean, Trump has set up his own TV network, so. We're getting close. So Arena meets the guy with the, the TV, which, what's it, Barbu. Barbu is the main, like, I'm assuming there were several of these people holding these screenings right. all across the country, but Barbu is the biggest, and he's kind of the one who starts it. He uh, His first course of business is tracking down a VCR, which cost 55,000 lei, L-E-I? What is it? I don't know what their currency is called. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, have, I honestly have no idea. But that's, that's what a car cost in Romania at the time. That's crazy. The monthly salary at the time was 2,000 L-E-I. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy starts, uh, he buys this VCR and starts dubbing tapes and starts doing these private screenings. He basically starts his own movie theater right. in his house. <laughs> and he's the making, American dream. Exactly. <laughs> and he's making the monthly the average monthly uh, monthly salary in Romania. He's making that every night. Every night. Yeah. Just from screening these movies. And I th I think what what happens is at first they're just bringing the movies in and they're not Dubbed. Right. They're not dubbed, and right. that's when they they bring in Arena Nister to start dubbing these movies, and she's fantastic. And she has a voice like this. <laughs> yeah, she's got. And but when you hear her talk, she doesn't. Like at the end of the movie, when they interview her, her voice doesn't really sound like that. She's acting. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. when she's and especially when she's acting as like women, it gets like super shrill. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but before they get to that part, there's. They do all these, mon not really a montage, but all these different clips of people talking about movies that really mattered to them. And this was like the sweetest part of this movie or this documentary for me. No, I know what you're going to say. Wait, which, uh, not the rap part, I hope. No, it's when the guy said, um, one of the fans, he said, for me, watching the movies was life. There was yeah, a, there was a whole there yeah. was a whole life in the video player. Yeah, yeah, you you could see like houses and yeah. like it was how they traveled. Like yeah. they, you couldn't get a passport in Romania at the time, so to see the world, you had to watch these smuggled movies. Yeah, and it was like, heartbreaking, but it also is. the way they talked about it was so sweet, but it was just so sad at the same time. Yeah, there's a there's a guy named Bogdan or Bogdan who gets just really sentimental yeah. over this completely, like anyone else would see this scene and go, oh, that's so dumb. Yeah. And the way he talks about it, it's like, oh, I get it. Like, I get why this guy is so inspired by this. And then I think one of the other men, or maybe it was a woman, said, it's not until we saw these movies that we realized how behind we really were. 
Yeah. 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 And that's funny because when I was when I was growing up in America, I used to watch Bollywood movies. Oh, yeah. And that's how I realized how behind they were. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 2000 and they were dressing like it was not the 1980s. Wow. Yeah. They got the dance moves, though. Yeah. So they got it's that. It's quite the inverse right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that part is great. There's, there's a, a lot of scenes of that, of people yeah. just talking about completely cheesy 80s action movies like it was just the air that they breathed. Well, it, was, it, was, it also kind of emulated what they were going through in their right, lives. Right. You know, They wanted to be Chuck Norris. Yeah, they wanted to fight their oppressors, and watching these movies was the only way they could do it for a while. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Foreshadowing alert. Holy shit, Romania. For a while. Yeah, the, the movie guy, Barbu, decides he needs a translator, and I thought this part was really surprising. The guy who approaches Arena is like also working for the secret police or for the government, and he just brings it up openly. Right. Like, hey, we're dubbing these movies, <laughs> and we need someone to do them in English. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. We're in a hallway. She would not say that word. Yeah. That, yeah. Arena does not swear. <laughs> She does she not. She does not. And she does not talk about sex because she's a respectable, <laughs> dignified woman. Yeah, they... Go they, to hell. They, go, they talk at one point about how she won't swear. And whenever the word fuck comes up, she'll say go to hell instead. Yeah. And there's a scene in, I think it was like nine and a half weeks. Yeah, Or yeah. something where the guy is like, I need you, I want you, and I want to fuck you. And she says, I need you, I want you, and go to hell. <laughs> Oh, that's adorable. And that was the thing. She like she wanted to do it because it gave her a chance to say anything she wanted. Like and she, she could also, say. She also wanted to do it just so she could see the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She when they first so she the, this guy offers her this and she's really you know hesitant about it because this is a surveillance state. And sure enough, once she agrees, they drive her to like a remote basement somewhere. So she's probably like, okay, yeah, I asked for this. This I'm is how get, I die. Yeah, I'm going to get yeah. murdered now. And instead, the guy puts in Dr. Zhivago and is like, dub this. Like, and she does it. And she asks for 100 LEI, which was the cost of a Bavarian chocolate bar on the black market Interesting at the time. Interesting reference. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't really understand. Maybe she hasn't had chocolate in a really long time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Still, that's like two hours of work yeah. for yeah, a yeah, chocolate yeah, yeah. bar. Yeah. But she does. Uh, the guy offers her two hundred instead. Then we kind of tying into that. There's there's this montage of people talking about what it's like living in this surveillance state, which plays into what just happened with her because this guy approached her, and when you live in that kind of situation, you never really know if the person talking to you is your friend or if they're just spying. For the government. Right, but also it was a huge gamble to ask her specifically because consider her position. What if she really, really believed in all the censorship right. that she was participating in? And he comes up and just says that to her and she's like, Oh, well, I'm reporting you immediately. Like Yeah. Yeah, there's a few different points in here where they get a lot of really lucky breaks yeah. when it comes to the police. And they never stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, I mean, even when I was caught shoplifting from King's Dominion. This happened? I stopped. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I also I got caught shoplifting gummy bears once. 
So yeah, there's yeah, th- like you you always in a state like this always are under you know there's always the concern that someone's watching you or someone's going to report you, and so everyone here is taking this huge risk and they do it anyway because once you like. It see it struck me as kind of like a what do we have to lose type of situation. Right, right. Like Yeah, that's one thing I, I've never understood about the world is why don't more people kill themselves? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. I just do not understand. I mean, you see the lives out there. What is the point? People must really love life. I guess. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or they just really question what's afterwards and they're like well do I want to not exist and yeah. that's a possibility so maybe I'll just keep trucking yeah yeah alright so let's talk about the ideological uh, commission oh no we have to talk about the smuggling of the movies which this is is fantastic in there's a couple spots where the smuggling gets really intense once where they're just crossing the border and that's where we find out no one knows where these movies are coming from <laughs> Barbu is just like, I send a guy <laughs> to go get movies and bring them back. And everyone's like, from where? From where? And he's like, eh. Latvia, Lithuania. Yeah. yeah, where in the Soviet bloc is this allowed? But they, and they have an arrangement with the border guards that they're able to just get shit through. And so that there's a scene where they reenact that, and it's kind of uh, interesting. But there's also a scene where Irina and Zamfir are driving and they get pulled over and arena's like oh we're gonna fucking go to jail because we have all of these tapes in the back and zamfir just gets out and goes don't you know who i am well i think she thought that he was secret service and he thought that she was secret service right so they were both they were both (laughs) like okay it's it's on it's on it's going down right now and then zamfir gets out of the car and he's like i'm zamfir Colonel Zamfir. Yeah, Colonel Zamfir. Yeah, I'm Colonel Zamfir. And they let him go, and he's like, yeah, sometimes I just pretend to be Colonel Zamfir because I've got a fancy car and I wear suits. Yeah, he was like, I wear, he was like, I wear suits. I yeah. have different license plates. What are these beat cops going to yeah. do? It's like, yeah, good oh, point. my God. So, yeah, that, that part is, is intense. There's also a good chunk of this that's about the ideological commission, which is the wing of the Romanian government that is in charge of censoring all this shit. Uh, we brought up earlier the the cartoon with the three balloons that they thought indicated that the Russians were controlling Romanians. So I'm I'm, assume, I'm assuming there was no porn allowed. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't seem, seem like that it. Way. Yeah, yeah no. and I can't imagine that she would have dubbed it. Yeah. <laughs> Even if there was. Could you imagine <laughs> the whole thing? Oh, I want you to go to hell. <laughs> go to hell. Go to hell. Go to go hell, to me. Hell. Go to hell, you? What? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, so she's working really closely with this uh, this organization. And at one point, she sees a cop named Comrade Orzon, who is part of the secret police, and she sees him all the time in the elevator. And one day he just looks at her and goes, I heard you last night. <gasps> yeah. But she doesn't stop. I know. <laughs> she keeps dubbing these fucking movies. She's like, oh, that was creepy. Yeah. <laughs> because I guess at that point, if they know, they're, if they're going to do something, they're going to do it. So she might as well just keep going until they do the something. Yeah. Or 
I was going to say get out of Romania, but you but, can't yeah, really do not, that. Yeah, that's not a thing. But then they back off, and people start making copies. Right. Right before people start making copies, the police like show up and raid Barbu and take a bunch of his VCRs, and he still doesn't stop. He just yeah. buys more VCRs. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the operation starts... Just growing significantly at one point. They, they, yeah, at one point they hire they hire another translator. A translator named Mircea. The thing that I thought was so funny was that the 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 fans were so averse to listening to another translator. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, no, it's it's Irina. She's she's our girl. She's the one we want to listen <laughs> yeah. to. That's it. It's like don't do the thing that you're accusing the government of doing. Like, this, this guy's trying to create jobs, hire more translators. Yeah, they, they, hire, uh, they hire a guy named Mircea, which for one of the funny things is Arena, for most of her time, never knows Zamfir's first name and never knows Mircea's last name. They just kind of all know each other. And they hire this new translator because the business is growing. They at one point have 360 VCRs, and Zamfir is producing enough movies to buy a house every day or every hour, producing enough tapes to buy a house every fucking hour, which is insane. But then the, the government sort of starts cracking down. There's this story about how uh, some kid's aunt was watching a movie. Uh, she was watching Nero, and she made a comparison to Ceausescu and how he burned a bunch of villages and how Nero was doing the same thing. And one of her neighbors heard her and fucking turned her in. And the police show up at her house, and the kid's just like, I never got to watch movies there anymore. Yeah. Like, I wonder why. Did you ever see her again? Yeah, yeah, is yeah. Is my yeah. question. Which that, that, that was like, I like how they kept like throwing that back in and reminding us. Cause at first it seemed like it was almost kind of out of order how they were presenting things. And then it was kind of dawned on me that they were just sort of like, it would get to this place where it's like, Oh, this is a really feel good documentary. And then they do a flashback. Yeah. And then it's like, awful. like also this <laughs> yeah. kid's aunt was probably kidnapped and yeah. tortured, but back to the documentary. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was, there's, a, a section about all this increasing government surveillance. Arena gets in trouble for dubbing the movie Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth, which remember when she said that Russians were crying or Romanians they would cry in Jesus of Nazareth. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was so shocked because I I didn't know that they were capable of feeling emotion. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very that's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, religion in general was really frowned upon in Romania at the time. Ceausescu well, yeah, he was, was like shutting things. He was shutting. Burning church- churches yeah, down and shit. Setting them on fire. And I, But she handled it like a baller. Oh. Like she just, yeah. she refused to sit down. Yeah. Like, like, oh, I have a seat. And she's just like. No, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And she was just like, I dubbed the movie. What? Yeah, what? And she's like, isn't it protected by the Constitution? What are you talking about? And then just like, yeah. leaves. Yeah. That's it. And he was like, oh, Constitution. Okay, go. That was cute. Get out of here, you crazy kid. And uh, yeah, she still doesn't stop. Nobody stops. These At one point, there's an interview with just one of the people who had watched these movies. And she was like, these people were the resistance. Like, they mm-hmm. were... They were the only group 
acting against the government in any fucking way for a long time. I think the main reason why nobody ever came down on them was because that the officials themselves wanted to watch right. the movies. Even yeah. the dictator's son right. was watching them. Right. Yeah, and that I think that, that kept them safe, but I also, they mentioned at one point that they, they kind of think the government didn't expect it to grow the way it did. And eventually it just sort of became this apparatus for feeding information about the outside world to the rest of the country. And they're like, oh, okay, <laughs> that looks fun too. Maybe we'll try that someday. <laughs> Foreshadowing again. So yeah, I thought one of the most interesting scenes is when Zamfir gets raided by the police and he pulls his stunt again, like, how dare you? I'm Colonel Zamfir. Yeah. And they point a gun at his face. <laughs> And they're like, how dare you talk to us that way? And then Mircea just shouts out a password. And everyone's like, all right, we're out. Because he, he was, was police. Yeah. <laughs> he was the secret police. Yeah. Which I kind of thought he was going to be as soon as as soon as Irina was like, I mean, I didn't. he didn't really matter to me. Like, he was the competition, but I didn't really care about him. I was like, something big's going to happen with this guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were almost trying to make him seem unimportant. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I thought that... And, Again, Zamfir doesn't quit. Because, I mean, by then, if you've had that many run-ins with the government, why quit? Like you... He doesn't quit, and he cuts a deal with the officials. He goes, right. guys, lifetime free movies. Yeah. And they're like, okay. So they took it. Yeah. Yeah. And so then he was off the hook forever. Yeah. It's around this point that we finally get to see Arena. And she looks pretty much exactly like she does in the depictions, just older, yeah. which this is 30 years later, so she should. And she rocked the same hairdo the, her whole life. She did. <laughs> she never let that go. <laughs> and I don't know, I was expecting her to look different, because I've seen so many true crime reenactments <laughs> where you see the people getting murdered, and you're like, oh, that was a handsome couple. And then you see their actual picture, and you're like, ooh, I would have murdered them too. <laughs> that was rough. Yeah, she was still she was still a pretty a pretty yeah, woman. Yeah, and uh, she didn't seem weird at all. Like her voice made me feel like okay, once we talk to her, this woman's gonna be a nut job. <laughs> but she was perfectly normal. She just happened to have she happened to be the voice of Romania, Romanian theater for a decade. So crazy. There's always one person. It's always like that in the third world. in In India, there was one woman who sang all the Bollywood songs. <laughs> yeah. And it, nice. she was and it doesn't matter how young the character was, she had this very <laughs> old, old voice. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, let's talk about the last they don't really go into like the it kind of ends once they get to the point of where this thing grows and eventually communism fall or you know the soviet union falls and all of this becomes sort of unnecessary zamfir sells all of his equipment and they kind of allude to the fact that ceausescu has left office they show this rally where the opposition is like we won we won and people are cheering and they they don't go into the story at all about what happened to him 
And it's a fascinating story. There's not even like a blurb though. Like even in a Nothing. documentary, like you, ex- like if they're not going to show it, you expect like the little paragraph at the end that's just like, and this is where these crazy kids are now. And uh, uh, they yeah, didn't. I don't think they would want to end this one with the truth. Yeah, of no, what yeah. happened to yeah. Yeah. Not. Because it ends on it ends <laughs> yeah. on such a high note. Yeah, and then if they, because what happens to him, it's like one of those few moments in history where you're talking about a brutal dictator. But you're also kind of like, oh, buddy, I feel sort of bad for you right now. Because he, what basically happens is... Chuck Norris shot him. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck Norris beat him to death <laughs> in the town square. <laughs> and Arena was dubbing it the whole time, <laughs> making punch noises with her mouth. This guy was a super harsh leader. He was like the most Stalin-like of the Soviet leaders. Really brutal, really repressive. Uh, They don't go into detail about it, uh, about what happens. So here goes. At one point near the end of his run, when the country is just barely putting up with him as a leader, they're already on edge. He tries to evict this Hungarian dissident pastor from his apartment. Uh, The way I wrote that makes it seem like Ceausescu and this guy were living together. But no, (laughs) he tries. uh, Ceausescu tries to evict this pastor from the apartment he was living in. And uh, for, you know, doing dissident shit. And a bunch of the pastor's supporters surround the apartment. And then a bunch of uh, just average Romanians join in. And eventually this protest becomes more about the government and how shitty living conditions are as opposed to just this pastor. And Ceausescu does uh, two very bad things. One, he orders the military to fire on the protesters and then goes on vacation so at some point, the people find out that he ordered. Was it a golf vacation by any? Probably, oh. yeah, probably, <laughs> probably closing a deal with Trump. This was the '80s. He probably owns hotels. I I think he doesn't know that the people find out that he's the one who ordered this the the military to fire. So when he gets back from this vacation, he holds this rally. And hundreds of thousands of people show up, and he thinks it's going to be one of those things where you just tell people, oh, it's the outside force is fucking with us, it's fine, and the speech is going okay, and then he offers everyone more money, basically. He's like, we're going to give everyone in Romania, we're going to raise the average salary 200 bucks a month, and uh, if you have kids, we're going to give you an extra 50 bucks, and he's like, eh? (laughs) And the whole crowd is like, fuck you. And there are these, you can find the video on YouTube. We'll watch a little bit of it just so we can see the look on his face. This is one of the like most enduring images that came out of the fall of communism, is the look on Ceausescu's face when he realizes shit is going south. This is so good. I also wish to thank the initiators and organizers. Of this great demonstration in Bucharest. Here it comes. Those people are not cheering. Uh-oh. Oh, his face. He puts his arm up to try. And then this guy. For those listening at home, a guy just walked up behind him and said, they're entering the building. And then the shit cuts out. 
And what happens next is he and his wife try to flee. In because, a helicopter. In a helicopter. Because yeah. if you watch that full speech, there's a part where his wife goes up first and is like lecturing motherfuckers. And they're like, mm, we're going to get you too. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they try to flee in a helicopter. The military captures them. They give them a one-hour show trial and then execute them by firing squad in public. And this was like days later. There was no delay. That is so gangster. It is. <laughs> I love that. And you have to imagine at least some of it has to be because this country was just watching Chuck Norris movies yeah. left yeah. and right. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, we can do that. We can do that. We can just kill the guy. Yeah. And we'll be fine. And they were the only country of all those Soviet countries that basically dealt with the problem that way. Every, everywhere else, it was like once communism fell, then things started falling into place or not falling into place. And for Romania, they were out of it before communism even fell because they just murdered their leader in the town square. <laughs> it's so crazy that something so seemingly trivial as Western film was responsible for the d demise of an entire regime. Yeah. And it's not even like conspiracy theory zeitgeist. Right, right. Yeah, they just... Do you think Chuck Norris knows? I'm sure he has I to have like, seen the right? documentary. I hope so. Yeah, I wonder what he has to say about it. Because he's still Chuck Norris, and he's probably like, mm, fucking foreigners. Except <laughs> <laughs> the U.S. military in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Those two things, there's no way those aren't linked. That this was the one country that managed to get access to all of these really violent action movies where it's like one lone wolf overpowering an entire regime. And they're like, there's millions of us. <laughs> Let's just do that. And they did it. This is was... why they don't want exposure to the West. I yeah, mean, that's, exactly. That's it. Yeah, you that can't is... even show them a movie. <laughs> People get ideas. Can't even watch Flash Dance without yeah. getting their government overthrown. Yeah. Jesus. I was thinking of Dirty Dancing. There's a scene where they talk about Dirty Dancing. But I'm sure they saw Flash Dance, oh, the, too. Oh, one yeah. of the guys said his mom thought it was too sexual. <laughs> the content was too sexual. Yeah. Because she's like, what is she doing ruffling up her skirt? <laughs> Oh, Jennifer Grey. What a sleaze. Can you call women sleazes? That doesn't sound right. No, it seems like, like more not. like a dude word. That's a dude adjective. I can be a bit of a sleaze sometimes. <laughs> Good to know. So, yeah, that's uh that that's Chuck Norris versus communism. Everybody should go everybody everybody you should, actually don't should know watch that. you actually don't you don't have to watch it because we just told you. <laughs> yeah, we told you a lot about it, but step by step, every there's, detail. There's a lot going on. So what was in this what was something you learned that you didn't know before when you watched this? All of it. I didn't know any of this to yeah. be honest. Like this one was one that just like completely took me by surprise and on a crazy ride. Yeah. Yeah, it really inspired me to look into more about Romania yeah. and what happened with them. And that's when I found the Ceausescu story. Was... Just how powerful Western culture is, man. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, and like you hear, you know, he was planning to give that speech and say, oh, it's just Western people influencing in our shit. But it became it insidious kind, for them. But it kind of was, too. Yeah. Like, even that whole thing with the pastor was, like, we sent that guy there yeah. to go live in Romania and just, like, spout our <laughs> ideals. So he wasn't completely wrong. 
You just shouldn't have let motherfuckers watch Rambo. Or like, don't like super duper oppress people. And then when stuff right. gets filtered in, you you have to stop it from getting filtered in. Or this is what happens. Like, if you're worried about people getting ideas, maybe actually stop them from getting ideas. Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the things that I found really interesting is when he was finally tried in that one hour trial. One of the things they tried him for was uh, genocide. And I started Googling, like, I don't remember him killing millions of people, but it was actually cultural genocide, where it's not murder. He's just basically wiping out the entire history of an entire group of people. And it's just you're Romanian now and Hungarians don't exist in this country. And that's basically what that that's what the burning of the churches and everything was about, was he was trying to just eliminate that entire group's uh, presence in Romanian history without, you know, all of the mass slaughter, which still shitty. It'll still get you murdered in the public square if your people watch enough Chuck Norris. (laughs) (laughs) That will happen. Uh, If you were to make this into a drinking game, you would drink whenever what? I would drink... I, I want to drink every time Irina is adorable, but I feel like that's really bad for your liver in all sorts of ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. So I don't, I don't know what else I would do for drinking for that one. Do you have any? <laughs> <laughs> I hate this question. I feel like I would just drink uh, every time I worry that this is going to happen here next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because... Or every time that one guy imitated Irina, he had the best impression. He was so excited to do it. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, like, the the kind of bald Bald, headed guy. Bald headed guy. He He was was really trying to showcase himself. He was so cute. He was. They were all so cute, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Which might be condescending. I'm not sure, but. No, it was. I mean, they they did a good job of making what was a really dark situation into a pretty lighthearted documentary because yeah. it's not like it was. They, it actually was more of a film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was. I mean, it was tense. They were running a criminal organization, basically. But it's just one that you want to root for and you want them to succeed. And yeah, I thought they did a good job of that. I actually. I mean, the the saddest moment for me was looking up Ceausescu's face after this documentary and, and like watching that, that video and just still, for some reason, I watch it and I've, I'm still like, God, I kind of feel bad for that guy. Like he miscalculated so fucking yeah. badly the mood of his country. And it's like you can see in that moment he knows he's going to die. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was that look in his eyes that kind of churned my stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Oops, he was, he went was like, too oh. far. <laughs> but that's not actually in the documentary. I just looked that up after. Yeah, and that I mean that, that there wasn't there weren't really any sad moments no. in this. I mean, hearing people talk about what living in Romania was like at the time was sad, but I imagine, I cried throughout the entire documentary. What really? are you guys talking about? <laughs> You did? Yeah, but I'm also a hysterical woman. So. Oh, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Oh, surprise. <laughs> anything about immigrants or fobs, anything like that, I just cry the second I see it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, but they ended up on the other side and happy. I think that's why I didn't get sad about it. 
Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say they ended up happy. Yeah, or I mean they're still happier. in Romania. They're still in Romania, or, so yeah, yeah. I was gonna say if someone but described just to see, just to see, you know, even from my parents growing up in India, the most exciting thing was when Western movies were brought over. It was just the biggest deal going to see a Robert Redford movie. Yeah, and uh, these people like they they leave they they betray their countries and their families just for a shot at living in America, which is why it's just I so sad that people think that immigrants don't appreciate to be here because yeah. like yeah. It really is. It's super sad. Way to bring the group back. <laughs> Jesus Sorry. Christ. Get Chuck Norris in here. You're the one not ending the podcast. <laughs> we're, we're about to end. We have to... <laughs> <laughs> record another one yeah we should get out of here we have yeah. to uh everyone watch nobody speak trials of the free press that's the next i keep forgetting to tell people what documentary we're doing <laughs> at the end of these which does make how i told the entire plot of this one all the more damning <laughs> because people are going to come into this blind like whoa whoa hey i'll stop and we'll go back and watch it all right stop rambling mon rock let's get the fuck <laughs> out of here goodbye uh, do we have anything to plug first do you have anything, Jimmy? I have shows in San Francisco. I'm not sure when this is going to be released. <laughs> uh, this goes up per, Friday. Per, okay, so the 18th, 19th, 20th. Yeah. Yeah. Go see Mon Rock yeah. in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> Come to our first uh, live stand-up show at the Alex Theater in Glendale, August 23rd. Is 7.30 p.m., doors open, show starts at 8. It's free, but if you go to eventbrite.com, you can reserve a spot because space will be limited. Uh, who do we have on that show? Me, Jeff May, Quincy Johnson, Caitlin Cut, Leah Kajanian, and Mo Mandel. Should be good times. Wow, you're off book. Killing it. <laughs> off book? What's that? I don't know on that the names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right off the top of the head. So, yeah, come out to that. We'll have Mon Rock on one of those shows at some point. We're doing them every other week. Wow. Good times. Jess, do you have anything to plug? No. Uh, just follow me on Twitter, Sandwich. Don't. Okay. Don't do it. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Let's get out of here. Jess, say goodbye. Bye. Mon Rock, say goodbye. Goodbye. Kooks, say goodbye. Oh, kooks. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs>